Good morning, my sweet brothers and sisters in Christ. I am very blessed today, and I hope you are too. I got sunshine in my soul, and I'm willing to share it. (laughs) Take your Bibles, please, and go to Colossians chapter 3. And today I'm really excited to share with you peace I leave with you. Just imagine this. The phone is ringing off the hook. The baby's crying. The dog ate your favorite shoe. Bills are piling up, rumors of wars, low self-esteem, feeling all alone. Those are just a few of the scenarios that can affect our peace. Our peace. Can I get an amen? But here's the deal. It doesn't have to stay that way. In a world of social, political, and religious turmoil, what do we need in order to have peace? Really? You need good friends, a loving family, safety and security. Well, yeah, those all help. But sometimes we get this thing in our mind that our lives have to meet certain requirements, like something in the physical realm, in order to truly feel at peace. And yet, that's not what the Bible says. Jesus said life, I'll tell you what the Bible does say. Jesus Jesus said life will never be 100% perfect. As a matter of fact, we're going to see, he said, we're going to always have tribulation. Ow. So if you're waiting on that benchmark to occur, when everything is copacetic, you've got every dream you ever dreamed of, you're going to run hard and die tired. So you might be asking, well, Peg, then how do we handle the trials of this life And feel, because you can feel peace, just like you can feel anxiety. When you got anxiety, your heart rate goes up, your stomach goes squishy, you sweat. When you have peace, your heart rate goes down. Your body feels good. You feel chilled in your mind. Just chill out. You're chillaxed, as I say. (laughs) So... How can we go through this crazy world and experience the fruit of the Spirit, by the way, it's not the fruit of the flesh, peace at the same time? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly why I'm here today to share that good, good news with you. (laughs) So we'll start out in Colossians chapter 3 and in verse 15. And let, let, let. I'm in the King James. I hope you're reading this version right now. And let the peace of God, the peace of God, wow, the peace of God. How is God worried about anything? Is God upset where his next meal's coming from? Is God wondering if he's going to make it through a trauma? I think the answer is a resounding no. And let the peace of God rule, reign, be king in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. There's the one-two punch right there. Let the peace of God rule and be thankful. Let the peace, doesn't say you got to climb a mountain, doesn't say you have to have a million dollars, doesn't say you have to have 500 friends, doesn't say everybody in your family has to love you and get along with you. No, it just, this is between you and God. And there it is, folks. Acquiring these other things could be fun and make us happy, but only God can give us true peace through His Son, Jesus Christ. 
What a gift. And I'm not talking about any old peace. I'm talking about a peace that passes understanding. We can't even comprehend it. It's so good. It's so deep. It's so effective. And I'll tell you what, learning how to live in God's peace is one of the great prizes in your whole life. And here's the thing. It's yours for the taking. Yeehaw! <laughs> in John fourteen twenty seven, Jesus said, Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace. We've heard, we, we, were, we are given as a promise the peace of God and the peace of Jesus. Double whammy. I often sit back and say, peace is seeing a sunset and knowing who to thank. And you know what, kiddos, that kind of sums it up for me. If my eyes are fixed on our Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, I probably have their peace. And if my eyes aren't fixed on them, I'm not thinking about them during my day, I probably don't. <laughs> so Colossians 3 said that we just let... Let, let the peace of God in to our heart and be thankful. One, two, there it is. In John chapter 14, 27, our Savior promised us, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Look at this, John 14, 27. Not as the world gives. We're going to talk about what the world considers peace in a minute. Give I unto you. Did you see anything there about doing any special kind of works or uh, doing any spectacular things? And then he says, he says after that, give I unto you. What's the next phrase? Let, let not your heart be troubled. It is, a, it is possible to have crazy things happen in our life that used to freak us out and we just handle it with a totally different attitude now. Because we decide we're going to not let our heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be what? Afraid. So there you go. Another let. And you know why we can let this happen? Because we've already got it. But the deal is we have to, Revelation 3.21 says, we have to open the door to our heart to receive what's already ours in the spirit realm. I have a dog. Her name is Izzy. <laughs> the only way she can get back into my house is if I let her in. She lives here. I love her dearly. But I have to open the door and let her inside. And in like manner, I have to open the door to my heart, which means I'm, I'm consciously aware I have peace, and I go, wait a minute, I own this. I'm claiming it in the name of Jesus Christ. I have to let the peace of God into my heart. I just open up myself to the reality of what is already mine. God gave us his peace. Jesus gave us his peace. Double-decker. And when did we get, get that peace? The moment we're born again. The minute you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead, that he's your Messiah, that he paid for your sins, you confess with your mouth, which means you just think the words. You can say it out loud or say it in your mind. And believe where? In your heart. Boom! We get a new creation inside. We get a new spirit. We get a new man, spiritually. And we get 
oh, you think Christmas is cool? Man, when you got born again, God walked into your spirit, man, with a whole parcel of packages and gifts and goodies, and most of us haven't even unwrapped half of them. So peace is one of those gifts, those packages that came with the new birth. But to experience it, I'm the one who has to be conscious of it. I'm the one who has to claim it. I'm the one who has to let it in. And then let it reign supreme over whatever noise, whatever cacophony or insanity is going on at that moment in time. And you know what happens then? Do the fade. I'm chilling like a villain. I'm cool as an autumn breeze. Nothing's changed on the outside, but I've changed on the inside. The whole spiritual vibration, for lack of a better term, that I'm giving to to myself and others is completely different than anxiety and fear. Peace is just a very high vibration filled with love and gentleness and confidence in God. The bottom line is when we turn our eyes upon Jesus and start thanking him for anything really and everything, (laughs) knowing that he's there with us in any situation, man, when Jesus enters this picture, we feel peace in the most unpeaceful circumstances. And I can vouch, I've been in this situation thousands of times in my ministry and in my life. Circumstances are going to change. I mean, they're changing all the time, but Jesus never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it says in Hebrews 13, he's always with us. He's in us. He's never going to leave us or forsake us. So we, we can say, what can man do unto me? Or what can the things of this world do unto me really and truly when I know Jesus has me wrapped in his arms and that every place I step with my foot is holy ground and Jesus is always providing the answers. They're always coming. They're always coming. Sometimes all at once, sometimes in pieces. Sometimes I have to wait a few days, but they're always there because Jesus' peace is there for the taking 24-7. It's like low-hanging fruit Available morning, noon, and night. A couple days ago, I start my day reading scripture, and then I have this piece of music I play that lasts 28 minutes, and that's when I go into prayer and meditation time. And um, I just endeavor to go to the throne or go into the presence of Jesus and just let my mind slake out. I often, when I'm trying to get in that place, I often think of myself as a golden leaf, like from a maple tree, that's being carried along on the breeze of life, just totally relaxed. Like you're in one of those, um, what do they call them, those no-sensory machines, deprivation, you go in, the water, salt water, it's dark, soft music. I just go in my little cocoon with the Lord. And I went into my prayer meditation time, and My mind was much encumbered. Isn't that a great word, encumbered? But it's a lousy thing to be. Encumbered means the stuff of the world is going, yak, 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 yak. You know, (laughs) I picture the problems of life like little chipmunks biting at my ankles. And usually the stuff that's going, wah, wah, is just stupid stuff. I mean, it's things that aren't going to matter at the Bema, aren't going to matter in the next life. You know, I came to the conclusion that when I see Jesus on the throne at the Bema, and God the Father, if it doesn't matter to them at that time, it's not really a big deal here on earth. (laughs) You know, the big deals are things like forgetting about God for a whole day, 
not talking to Jesus throughout the day. Those are the big things. So that word encumbered. So, and like with dumb stuff, and even after I did my calming breath, my 777, I was not calm. (laughs) And I said to Peg, self, you're not calm. (laughs) So I changed the channel. I began to envision a hose, a garden hose on high, washing the cares of this world off the cement part of my brain. And I looked up and there was Jesus standing in front of me with two fishing poles. So we grabbed those and started walking toward the dock and we sat down with our feet dangling in the river and it was just heavenly. And I was like, oh joy. And I just stayed my mind. That means to make your mind behave, to tell your mind, you know, you belong to me. You're going to think what I'm telling you to think. You can't run around like a wild dog using the bathroom all over the floor of my mind. You're going to sit and behave. So I stayed my mind. I got fully focused on the presence of the Lord sitting on that dock with Jesus, leaning my head against his shoulder. And then, and then, and then, I really began to relax and thank him. And I began to hear from him in earnest. He began talking to me and telling me things I needed to do throughout the day. And I think I go fishing because I only know how to fly fish. (laughs) And I've never done that with Jesus. So any other kind of fishing, my analytical brain can't get in there and ask myself if I'm doing it correctly. All I know is to sit back and go with the flow. I don't analyze it. All I know is that I bait my hook with the cares (laughs) of the world, and I put them on the end of that hook, and I cast all my care upon him. I cast it way out there into the river, and I don't bring it back. (laughs) I just cast my care upon Jesus, for he cares for me. And you know what? Then my life goes way more better. Because I have his peace in me front and center. In the, in the Hebrew, peace is such a beautiful word. It is the word shalom. Shalom. It's almost like when you say it, you feel more peaceful. I just love the sound shalom. And it's used in the Bible 400 times. You know what that says? It says, Peg, when you see these verses on peace, use your yellow highlighter because this is an important aspect of living the more abundant life that Jesus said he gave us in John 10.10. He said, the thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. That is not peaceful. (laughs) But I am come, Jesus, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, more than abundant. How do you have a life that's more than abundant? Well, there it is in John 10, 10, through a relationship with Jesus. And go to John 16, 33, because <laughs> we're going to look at a verse that has some good news, then it has some terrible news, and then it's followed immediately by more good news. Thank you, Jesus. John 16, 33. Jesus said, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me, where? In him. Not in the news, not in looking at your bills, not in whining. No, in him. You might have peace. That's good. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me, 
focused on me, you're going to have peace. That's great. Then he goes on to say, (laughs) in the world, you shall have tribulation. Do you know what shall means? Will means it could happen. Shall puts it in the absolute tense. So we don't have to go borrowing trouble. Plenty's going to come knock, knock, knocking on our door. Okay, terrible news. But, wow, I love it when God puts a but in there. But be of good cheer. What? Why? Because I, Jesus, have overcome the world. Yes, 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 I love that. He just lays it out. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He says, look, you're going to have tribulation in this world. And, you know, (laughs) tribulation is not a great word. It's the Greek word thalipsis. Try saying that when you have cold lips. Thalipsis. And thalipsis means pressure, affliction, burdens, persecution. None of these things are pleasant. These are the same things that are talked about in Romans chapter 8, the last half, where all those tribulations try to separate us from the love of Christ. Why? Because if we forget we're loved, we forget we have peace. Everything we get from God is predicated on remembering he loves you more than you can even imagine. He is gaga crazy about you. You were his idea. He saw you before the foundation of the world. He put the world in space because he wanted to have us sons and daughters. God is absolutely nuts about you. So love predicates all these other things that coming to, fa- to pass in the spirit realm. But Jesus said it right there. Look, in me you're going to have peace. Okay? In the world, you're going to have pressure, affliction, burdens, persecutions. But, but, be of not just cheer, but good cheer. Because I, Jesus, have overcome the world. In other words, there's not a problem you can bring before the throne that we can't answer, Father and I. We got it. We got your back. We got your front. We got your top, your feet. (laughs) Did you notice, though, how when Jesus gave us this news that in the world you shall have tribulation, he made it like a sandwich. And he surrounded both sides by good. Like he encapsulated the tribulation and just said, hey, I got this. I got this. I got you coming and going. I say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a power-packed verse. It is crystal clear. We have peace in Jesus. Not in our analytical mind, not in trying to figure it out by the five senses, but by letting go and letting God. By saying, Lord, how do I handle this? And that's where we need to live our life, in Jesus, in Christ. And peace is a fruit of the Spirit. It is not the fruit of the flesh. Hello, McFly. And as we increase our peace, we grow big and strong when we live out of our spirit man. And life is so much sweeter. We just have to train our mind. Because mind is always going to argue against spiritual truth. We have to train our mind to simply accept God's truth. So here are some of the ways the world... The world's definition of how to have peace differs from Christ's peace. (laughs) The world says, number one, uh, you might have peace when you get that new promotion, new job, new house, boyfriend, husband, etc. Nope. Because peace does not come from anything in this world, but comes from heaven itself. 
It's a spiritual gift. Those other things might make you happy or let you feel like you've accomplished something, but they are not going to bring you peace. I know people that have more money, a more beautiful family, greater things on this earth, and they're some of the most miserable people I've ever met because they never made the heavenly connection. Number two, the world says you might have peace when everyone agrees with you. I know so many people that want to get in arguments about the minutia of life, which again, when we stand before the throne of God, it's not going to mount to a hill of beans and a hailstorm. Why can't we learn to disagree with each other and have civil discourse like they used to have? Look, you know, you're going to have peace when everyone agrees with you? What? I mean, that is a steel, slick mountain covered in axle grease because you're never going to climb to the top of that summit. The only time the world is going to have harmony is after Christ comes back, when he returns from heaven to earth to give us a new heaven and a new earth. And heck, you know what? There are days I don't even agree with myself. I don't agree with stuff I thought was true two years ago sometimes, or two weeks ago for that matter. (laughs) But I'm very stable in other areas, trust me. Three out of the four minds and voices in my head are saying, yes, Peg, you're stable. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, you guys. Okay, lighten up. Number three, the world says you cannot have peace in the midst of problems. You've got to worry. When your child is out of the house, you've got to worry. When you can't really make the money, money, when you run out of money before you run out of month, it doesn't do any more good to worry. You know, go to God and say, how can I fix this? So the world says you can't have peace in the midst of problems, but folks, the only way you're really going <laughs> to, the only way you're really going to have an answer to that problem is when you put on the peace of God and let God show you the solution. You know, again, you're going to have peace when you're problem-free or have a million dollars. Really? That's a pretty high hurdle. (laughs) Unattainable in this world is what comes to mind for a lot of people. The vast majority. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He walked with a slew of problems in his life on earth here. He was attacked. He was degraded. He was slandered. And we know what happened, you know, they tortured him, hung him to a tree. But you know something he never lost? (laughs) He may have been in agony, but he never lost his peace. Number four, the world says, The devil, who happens to be the god, small g of this world, says you can only have peace by abusing drugs, sex, alcohol, or other people. The devil likes for you to just give up and become an addict, to numb yourself out to everything. The problem with that is when you numb yourself out, pain and joy come in through the same door. So when you numb yourself out to pain, guess what? You also numb yourself out to joy and you walk around looking like somebody who's been sucking on a lemon all day, a sour lemon at that. You don't have to be a rocket scientist (laughs) to figure out that addiction is not going to work out well for you or anyone around you. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Boy, oh boy, he either lied or told the truth, and I'm betting on truth from his lips to my ear. Yes, sirree, Bob. 
But look at how hamstrung people get if they look at the world's standards for what it takes to have peace or feel satisfied. You're just guaranteed to fail. (laughs) Check, 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 fail. One, two, three, four. Using the world's standard, looking for peace is like putting yourself in a prison of your own making. And boy, does Satan love for you to do that. Don't give that creep the satisfaction of putting you in prisons in your own heart. God is the author of peace. Author means he is the originator. He gave it to us through his son, we've already seen. And in 1 Corinthians 14.33, 1 Corinthians 14.33, the chapter that follows right on chapter 14, excuse me, chapter 13, the whole chapter is on love, what love is, love, love, love. 1 Corinthians 14.33, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. There you have it. God is the author of peace. It comes from him and him alone. Jesus is the father of the prince of peace. Jesus, (laughs) I just washed my mouth and can't do a thing with it. (laughs) Jesus is our father's prince of peace, his only begotten son, the Messiah, our savior. And Jesus is the peace giver. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is is given, and he shall be called the prince of peace of peace the prince of shalom shalom prince is the word sar s-a-r sar a shalom shar a shalom beautiful i love the word shalom it means peace safety prosperity well-being wholeness in your body soul and spirit i greatly aspire to having that 100 percent of the time Lord knows I have it 99% more than I had it when I was 23 years old and hadn't known Jesus. But I'm looking for the middle of the target. Peace helps us focus on security and well-being, which brings us feelings. Again, you feel calm, blood pressure's normal, heart rate's normal. You feel feelings of satisfaction and contentment. You are unafraid of the future. Very thankful question is, who would not want that? I've noticed over the decades that it's almost impossible to be thankful and unpeaceful. (laughs) When we're thankful, that key of thankfulness is such an addition to ushering in the peace of God. That's really where I start most of the time, being thankful and then focusing on Jesus. I often think in pictures and cartoons, and frankly, that's why I laugh so much. (laughs) I greatly amused myself. When I first came to Christ, I saw this cartoon in my head where there were two kind of mountaintops and um, people were lined up on the one on the left for miles with their wallets in their hand going to a place that said pharmacies for every kind of pill on earth to give them peace, Valium, Thisium, Thatium, whatever theums. And on the other mountaintop, There was a lonely booth that said Jesus with these bright light bulbs all around Jesus' name, blinking on and off, and yet almost nobody was over there. And I was in the Jesus line, looking over at the long line going to the pharmacy, and I thought, 
Look at all those suckers standing in line, really for no relief except bondage to a medication, and Jesus was giving away real peace for free. And I started yelling, hey, you guys, doing my whistle, come on over here. And the next day, I started a home in-home Bible fellowship, and I never stopped. I saw that image as a new believer 48 years ago, and it stuck. We have solution. You know, I, I, I was talking to God one time, and he gave me this great bumper sticker. I should have had it put on T-shirts or something, but God said, Peg, in a, in a world full of question marks, you've got the exclamation point. Because the answer is Jesus. All these questions the world is hammering out all these stupid things and spending billions and trillions of dollars on, none of that's going to work without Jesus in the middle of it. The world is twisting itself into a pretzel, trying to achieve something that we can only get from God and his son and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's free. It's free 99, the best price on earth, free 99. All we have to do is let Reach out and take it. Appropriate what's ours. Appropriate just a fancy word for take something for your own use. You've already got it, so why not take it? What good is having peace from God if we never use it? If we never claim it as our own? It's like getting a brand new bicycle and you love bicycles, but it sits there in your garage till it rusts. What, how much fun did you have on it? None. <laughs> So, here's the deal. I mean, life can be burning down all around my ankles. But, if I can get my head wrapped around the peace of God, the peace that Jesus gave me, the peace that God is the author of, all this stuff is going on and I just take my mind to a different place and it's like laying in a beautiful mountain meadow in the evening, watching the most spectacular sunset filled with shooting rays of light in orange and purples and reds. And every nerve in my body is unkinked, smooth as a center seat of a cucumber. (laughs) And I just stay there laying in that lush mountain grass till the sun goes down and then I sit there until it gets pitch black and I look up and I see the Milky Way and shooting stars and all these phenomenal, beautiful lights in the heavens. This is why we have an imagination. I can go to that, visit that place anytime I want to. It's free. (laughs) So what does Jesus say about peace? Well, number one, we already read in John 16, 33, Jesus said, you, he gave you peace. You, yeah, I'm, I'm talking to you, man. I'm talking to you. You can have his peace in the midst of life's tribulation because he's overcome the world. And like I said earlier, the best way to get out of a bad situation is to make your decisions, what you're going to do to deal with it, from a place of peace. Not a place of a panicked, knee-jerk reaction. Man, I have done that way too many times. I've, I've reacted instead of pushing pause and taking correct action, and it's blown up in my face. I didn't get that reaction from God. It came from somewhere else. But if I push pause, ask the Lord, you know what? I I cannot think of a time that the Lord has ever failed me in my life when I've gone to him. Even when I didn't know who he was before I came to Christ at 23. 
He saved my life on two different occasions. You know, I need to make, okay, I should make this t-shirt. Keep calm, Jesus on board, and put a crown underneath it. (laughs) What do you think? Keep calm underneath it, Jesus on board, and a crown underneath it. This is how we walk around in life, like, you know, no sweat. We're happy, we're blessed, we're rich, because we know everything we need is already ours. We may not see it in our hand yet, but we know if we need it, it's there. That's rich. That is true riches. Because that's not just down to money. That's down to emotions. It's down to problem solving. It's down to how to be loving. And number two, Jesus said, (laughs) we do already have peace when we realize the Lord is in us and with us. And he will show us how to deal with the problem, which is not rocket science. But he's going to unburden our mind. Because our minds are like spoiled brats. The flesh wars against our spirit, it says in the Bible. So we must decide to come to a spiritual place. The flesh is going to start raising Cain every time you turn to God's ways. That's what Romans 8 tells us to cast off the grave clothes, the stinky way we used to think, and burn them. You know, I literally tell my mind... You don't have to copy these words, but I tell my mind, shut up, sit down, and behave. It's my mind, and the last time I looked, I still control it. Or I can choose not to. But we get along a lot better when I'm in the driver's seat, and I invite the Lord to sit on the throne of my heart. I invite God into my spirit, and we go out and shake and bake. Number three, Jesus said, we enjoy peace by remembering that every problem has a solution. And that God has those answers. And remind ourselves that (laughs) we've already lived through 100%, 100% of things that we thought might kill us. And we're still here. Did you know that 99% of things that we worry about that steal our peace never even come to pass? (laughs) Why do we do this to ourselves? I don't know. You know, fear has a twin sister named worry, and neither one of those are peaceful. (laughs) But we only have the terrible twins, fear and worry, when we're not thinking about Jesus Christ being there in the midst of our situation, whatever it happens to be. Do you know when I use focusing on Jesus the most? When I'm praying, when I'm ministering healing, or when I'm getting a word from the Lord? I know if I interfere with any of those, they won't work. So, yes, I stay my mind very diligently in those circumstances. And then my heart's just at peace, and I hear from heaven, and I carry out his will. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he is, is, is. That, that is a perpetual state of being. For he, Jesus, is our peace. A perpetual state of being, if we'll just change channels from freaking out to station WGOD. He is our peace. The great Coco Chanel, the inventor of the suntan. (laughs) She was a fashion designer in France. And she was a high roller. She she changed the fashion world. She uh, was a very interesting character and personality. But Coco, with all of her millions, 
And having the world on a string said the best things in life are free. The best things in life are free. Because what are the best things in life? Love, joy, peace, kindness, caring, giving. And that holds true for peace. Peace is free, 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 free 99. And the thing about peace, you don't have to get up out of your chair. You don't have to go anyplace. You don't have to get in your car. You don't have to get on the phone. It's in you. It's already sitting there waiting for you to take it up. And it's only a thought. One thought away. <laughs> ah. So here's a truth nugget. God made peace for men and women of action. I don't need to seek peace when everything is hunky-dory, when my day is going along like a well-oiled machine. I have peace in that situation. What I need in that situation is thankfulness. But I need, need peace when the phone is ringing off the hook, the baby's sick, the dog ate my favorite shoe, the bills are piling up, a new client has just canceled their order. All these things I mentioned er earlier. That's when we step out of our chaotic mind, push pause, and take charge of our thoughts. And let, let, let the peace of God on the throne of our heart. I constantly hear folks out there yapping, yapping, yapping about world peace <laughs> and the brotherhood of man. Huh. You know what? I don't want to disparage anybody, but some of these people that get the most excited about things that are going to change in the next six months or five years or, you know, many of them out of our control, they are some of the most unpeaceful people I've ever met. So why would I want to listen to them when they don't have peace, when they can't be forgiving, when they can't have a conversation without getting mad? People, including me, we don't have the answers to anything that really matters in life unless, unless, unless we are getting our answers from God, from Jesus. Jackpot, jackpot, ding, 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 ding. Then our words are salted, Jesus says, and they're good for something. Unless our words are Christ-centered, they are nothing but sinking sand. Believe that. You know, I know people that like to argue just for the sake of arguing. Some... I found out when I was became a counselor that there is a uh, hormone or pheromone, something like that, that's released when you get angry that mimics taking a drug. And I know people that may not take, you know, what we call drugs in our world, but, but anger is their drug. They just like to be angry. And they will, they will go out of their way to upset the apple cart because they get a release in their brain that gives them a hit like they'd taken a hit off a joint or drunk a couple of drinks of scotch. I, I truly believe there are as many people addicted to anger as there are addicts of, on, you know, on drugs and alcohol in this world. And those are the people walking around like time bombs ready to go off and aren't getting help from anybody for the most part. Some, yeah, but not enough. <laughs> so, you know, why don't we all just take a chill pill and lay in Jesus' peace? You know, lay down in that green... I, I, what is it? Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Just They have really lousy grass here in Florida. I love Florida, but the grass is horrible. The grass in Georgia was like laying on a carpet. So soft. 
You just really enjoyed being on that grass and it was just gentle to your body. The Lord is our shepherd. He's with us. And he said, we saw early in this teaching, in the world we're going to have tribulation. We shall. But, 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 be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. He overcame it for us. And that truth, my friends, will never, ever, ever change. So I'll close with these thoughts. Why would we go to the world without, without somebody speaking for God and knowing they're tapped into the Lord? Why would we go to the world for answers about life when it's the world that got us this screwed up in the first place? Who is the God, small g, of this world? We already know, Satan. Is he going to give us any peace? No. <laughs> heaven, 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 the throne room, is the truth repository. Truth repository. All truth. It's like Fort Knox for truth. All the truths in the world are stored in heaven there for the picking, there for the taking if we ask God for the answers. And we get all of our real treasures, our answers in life from heaven and heaven alone. Everything else is simply fool's gold. And in case you haven't noticed, this world is pretty darn unpeaceful <laughs> because by and large people are not acknowledging the prince of peace and they're going their own way which is frankly without god and without hope and honey bunny when you're without god and without hope you're like a cow that hasn't been milked for a week stepping on its own udder it's a very painful place to live And, you know, there's the rub because many people, after they receive Christ, they never put on a spiritual mind. They, they continue to think carnally according to the world. And you can have Christ living in you and still be as miserable, you know, as an old man sitting on the porch throwing rocks at kids who come up to visit him. If you don't change your dog on mind. So we had two takeaways from today on how to have peace. What are they, kids? <laughs> They're both in one verse, Colossians 3.15. And let, that's number one, you got to open the door to your heart. And let, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you're called in one body. And number two, be ye thankful. Key number one, let God dominate your thoughts. Key number two, be thankful, thankful, thankful. And I think we all know how to do that one. Many of us are keeping a thankful journal, which is a great thing to keep. So when we turn our eyes upon Jesus and we let the eyes of our heart gaze in his wonderful face, wow, and we start counting our blessings, that is a surefire way to feel his peace in any situation. It just takes a little time and practice to master this in your own life. Because he is our peace. He is our peace. We've already got it. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it will guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. And to that I say a great big thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. I'll take it. <laughs> Heavenly Father, Thank you for filling us with your peace. You authored it. You poured it into us. We own it. We have it. It's ours to use. 
Father, teach us to order our steps in your word that we can learn new habits and ways of going to you when we would be angry or lose our temper or become flustered or beat ourselves up. All these things are not of God. What is of God is being at peace and knowing that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That we look at a problem and can say, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Lord, when we're living in that place of possibility is when we are loaded with your peace. So thank you, thank you for all the gifts you've poured into us in the name of our precious Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.